Bonjour, welcome ladies and gentlemen, fasten up your seatbelt and enjoy this journey into Newsworld with Lamia Norbay. Welcome back to Muse World episode 3. So in today's episode is basically a follow-up of last week's episode whereby last week I mentioned about how I grew up between Mauritius and Madagascar but in today's episode I will be talking about my transition from the island girl to the city girl. So just to kind of summarize quickly how um, I ended last week's episode I did mention that I decided to go to Middlesex University uh, in Mauritius for my undergrad, where I did it in international business. Um, the reason why, first of all, I chose Middlesex University was because they also have, I mean, their main branch was in uh, London and it would have enabled me to do a transfer anytime during my uni year if I wanted to move. However, Things didn't really turn out that way. There was few reasons why I decided to finish my undergrad uh, in Middlesex University in Mauritius and I decided not to go to London. So a few of the reasons was because, first of all, um, when I was in uni, I was able to kind of open up and be less shy and kind of be a bit more comfortable about who I was. So... And then also with all the uni work, I already kind of built up my foundation and I didn't want to break that flow. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to finish my uni year there. Um, second of all, there was a personal reason, which I'm not going to mention. And the third uh, reason was because of my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend rather. So as I did mention, I was uh, dating someone for seven years and we were... Uh, in a long distance relationship because he was living in Madagascar and I was in Mauritius and I would be seeing him during my holidays in Madagascar and I just didn't I don't think I was ready to kind of go and break whatever we had and go far away from him because I knew that if I were to move to London I was not going to come to Madagascar anytime soon however London has always been my childhood dream. I always wanted to go there. It was always a dream for me to to see how life was. And I guess from watching YouTube and all the movies, I already kind of pictured the image of the UK in my head. So once I completed my undergrad, so this is where a big part of the work started. So... Being So I'm a holder of both Mauritian and Malagasy passport, but I used my Mauritian passport to apply to go to London. However, let me tell you guys, hmm. when you are a holder of a Mauritian passport and not like, let's say, I'm not saying the Mauritian passport is not strong, but Jesus Lord, the amount of paperwork that you have to go through is freaking unbelievable. So as soon as I finished my undergrad and I got my provisional grade, I contacted, uh, basically we had this comp, like these company that kind of help you to apply 
to, to unis in, in London and help you with your paperwork. Because to be completely honest with you, if I were to do it by myself, I would have never made it to London. So I contacted this uh, company. They helped me with all the paperwork. Bear in mind, it took me three months, guys, three months, three or four months even, I would say, to kind of get everything ready to move to London. And it's a freaking long time. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, um, so was working on, on my paperwork. And I also decided to tell my ex-boyfriend at that time that we were still dating. So I said to him, listen, I would like to pursue my dream and I would like to move to London. And to be honest, he really supported me with the idea. And he said, yes, of course, go ahead. And it was also a way for us to put our our relationship um, a, a test. Is it how you say it in English? But anyway, it was also to see if it was really meant to be. Because if it was meant to be, then potentially he would have been the one. Um, if not, then at least we know we were not meant for each other. And um, at the same time, during that whole period of um, me kind of working on my paperwork, my relationship with my dad wasn't at a great place uh, because there was a lot of disagreements. I wanted to be independent. My dad was not comfortable with me being independent. Um, also, my stepmom was pregnant uh, of my little sister. My mom was also stressed. So it was kind of a crazy time, to be honest. And I still remember like when you go like when we I went to that recruitment like not recruitment company how do I call that like that agency where you go for your uni and I was there filling in the paper we had to make sure that every details like the exact word was like of the like, whatever let's say we had the uni address we had to make sure that this uni address was exact and then Afterwards, apart from uni, once I like before I get accepted and all of that, I also had to start looking for um, a studio. So I was in the process of the whole moving. And then I finally got my visa end of 2018. And I literally the day I left Madagascar. So I was in Madagascar before going to Mauritius and before going to London. So I left, I remember, I don't, ex the date, I don't have it, but like, I remember I left Madagascar on a Thursday and my stepmom gave birth to my little sister on a Saturday. And then the following week I went to London with my dad. So it was a whole process guys to kind of say goodbye, bit my farewell to everyone, to all my friends, my my gym community I had there, uh, my family. It was a big step, um, but I was ready for it. To be honest, I was ready for it. I, I've dreamt of that moment all my life, even when I got my passport. So basically, whenever you apply for a visa, you have to go to kind of a place like an embassy where they send it to Pretoria to get your stamp on your passport. And you kind of have to wait whenever your passport will be back in Mauritius. And I remember when I got that call from FedEx telling me, yes, we've got a parcel for you. And I knew it was my passport. Literally, I cried when I opened my passport and I saw visa stamped. I was like, oh my God, that's it. Shit's getting real. So 
decided to leave. My dad dropped me to to came with me to drop me to London. And I still remember the day I landed that smile even though I was still heartbroken guys to leave my family. It was not an easy move, but I was so happy to arrive to my dream place. I remember the cold freezing air on my cheeks when I arrived. I remember the first time I stepped in my studio and it was like that feeling like, yeah, this is it. That's going to be my bubble. That is going to be my house, my life. And it's time for me to write my story. Um, so my dad was with me for two weeks uh, where we kind of did a lot of things while he was here because uni was not starting yet. We saw Wembley Stadium at the, for the first time together. We went to watch Tottenham versus Manchester. And then we kind of got a bit around trying to understand how to go on a tube because Jesus Lord, that tube line went like... So basically, anyone who's, who's from the UK or are in London right now or in the UK in general would know. So when you go in the tube, so there are some of the line, lanes, line, lane, line, lines lines some of the lines <laughs> where basically they kind of separate uh, so they have like two different final destination and you whenever you're taking and you have to look where the final one is to make sure you're on the right lane and before I kind of got grip of what was going on I missed the tube so many times there was a lot of back and forth but it was it was fun it was the beginning of a new adventure for me then afterwards, my dad left and that was it. I was left by myself and uh, it was exciting. Honestly, it was freaking exciting. Just to, I remember just to be on the streets and kind of seeing all these uh, people dancing in the streets and just to have that different environment. Like the culture was completely different for me, but it was very nice. I still loved it. And afterwards... I so when I as soon as I arrived I was looking for a gym I was like oh my god I need to find a gym found a gym nearby I went to uni understood my timetable kind of try to plan out how my routine would be kind of see where was the closest little and yeah it was it was fun honestly it was fun it was a, a great adventure but then um, things with my ex-boyfriend was not looking great because he was a little bit not comfortable and insecure, kind of being a little bit too much on me and not understanding that I was in a new place by myself and I was going through a lot kind of because I had to take care of the house, I had to go to uni, I had to take the tube, like I was left by myself where I grew up having my mom with me when I was in Mauritius, my mom's support. And then when I was in Madagascar, I had my dad's support. So there I was, me, myself and I. So we kind of couldn't, let's say it was just not working. And then we decided to break up. Um, it was not easy, but I think it was the best decision for us. And like I said, uh, this this guy, I truly wish him the best because he was a great person and he still is to be honest um so yeah quickly after we started uni i master like doing my masters in in london was a really different um thought like i thought that 
because of uni, I thought it was going to be a little bit more wild. But the fact that I was doing my master's and it was master's in law, people that was in the in the class was way more serious. Like there was people from like uh, a bit old, like way older than me that came to kind of pursue their studies. So it was not like the you like the uni the undergrad uni life. I would say it's more serious on on that note. But it was still great, couldn't complain. Um, so I think that's how I learned to like be comfortable with being alone. Like, yes, there was time where I was missing my family because there's a hype. So when I was in, in, in London, there was that big hype where because you're in a new place, you're discovering everything, everything is new, everything's great, you're understanding the the British lifestyle and you're just enjoying it. So it's freaking beautiful. And then there were times where I would get home, I'll feel a little bit lonely, but I didn't let that kind of kill my spirit. I decided to treat myself. Like I had this tradition. Um, it was on Fridays or Saturdays, it would be takeout day for me. Um, on Sunday it would be roast the day for me. Um, if I wanted to go to the cinema, literally. So my house, my studio at that time was opposite Westfield White City, uh, which was on, in West London. And it, I would just literally had to cross the road to go to, to go to Westfield. And uh, whenever I wanted to go to the cinema, easy peasy. And I was in PJ. That was beautiful. PJs on, big coat on. And I head down to Westfield, watch my movie by myself, enjoyed it, came back. Same thing for every little thing, guys. Like literally, if I wanted to grab coffee someday, pack my bag, pack my stuff, went to a coffee place. And London has so many cute little cafes. Like you literally have to walk around. I think that's one thing that I really liked as well in London. It's like the more you walk uh, around like different areas, the more you discover something new. Like my favorite areas, I mean, obviously my uni was on Oxford Regent Street. So walking down that road every day was just beautiful. But I also loved being in Kensington, Holland Park, uh, Notting Hill. You name it, like literally the places there was just beautiful. And they have character, like each area have their own character. And that's when I also understood what a hood is. Didn't understand what a hood is until I moved there. And I also learned about the slang languages because I didn't know nothing about that. Like, you know, like the, the walk one, uh, in it and all of that. I was like, what on earth are you talking to me? Like, I thought my English was decent, but then you go there and you you hear people saying, walk one, mate, in it. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, are you speaking English with me? But yeah, quickly ca caught up with that. Don't worry, guys. It was not. So it didn't take too much for too too long for me to catch up with the the with the slang language, which was quite fun to be honest. But during that time, I also met someone at the gym. So I signed up to the gym close to my house, and I met someone who was working there, and I thought it was the love of my life because he was very very kind at the beginning we actually went on our first 
date on Valentine's Day. And it was not planned to be on Valentine's Day. It was supposed to be on the Friday. So that year, Valentine's Day was falling on a Thursday. And normally we were supposed to meet on a Friday. But because I finished uni early, I decided to, uh, we decided, we both decided, we're like, okay, you know what? There was a pub um, close to my house. It's called Defectors World. Guys, if you go there, it's actually pretty cute. Um, and, and they have, I think, recently renovated the place. So went to Defectors World. And honestly, I was not even dressed up as a date. Had my black jeans on, pink hoodie on, boots, and just went like, this I was like you know what I'm not trying to impress just gonna see what you're all about now mistake number one please to all the girls who are listening to me never ever 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 on your first date tell a guy what you want uh, what you expect from a guy and what you want in like with him or with a guy so we sat down had a couple of drinks and he basically asked me the simple question, what are you looking for in a man? And that was it. Miami, Mia la Miami could not shut up and just be like something like decent, like, you know, maybe a couple of sentences. No, I went and told him about my whole dreams, what I wanted, what I expected in a man, what I wanted this and that and this and that, which then... He kind of, yeah, 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 that, that's me. And then he kind of told me his story, which I thought was true. Um, but then turned out he was a big liar. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to talk about this relationship in this podcast because it was a very toxic relationship, guys. I was with him for almost one year and a half. It was one of the most toxic relationships I was in. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't date a lot. I was seven years of my life. I was already with someone else. And then after that, it was him. So I, it's not like I had multiple boyfriends in my life. So I was in the worst relationship that you can think about. But I want to talk about that in another episode. But this did affect a lot my experience in London. Like... It affected the whole of my life over there. It was very hard. But again, I don't want to talk about this now. So I was dealing with a lot of things there. And I think that actually that's when in London I understood about anxiety, depression, uh, because in Mauritius and Madagascar, we don't usually talk about that. We just be like, it's fine, it'll pass, you're just having a bad day. Or people don't really understand what's depression and anxiety. But then I realized when quickly when I moved to the UK, uh, for example, during when I had... Now, don't get me wrong. I went to do an LLM, which I knew was going to be hard, but with no law background and jumping into a master's in law was very tough. Like the amount of cases we had to read, like for one module only was unbelievable and it was a lot of work it was a lot of pressure for me so with along with everything that was happening outside it was affecting me a lot and uh when I went to see the GP there they said oh you're anxious I was like what that's your basically your your kind of how do you say that that's what you think I have I thought I was I don't know I had 
like low BP or you name it. No, you're anxious. You have anxiety. You need to relax and you need to take some vitamin D because obviously it's grey in the UK. Didn't have my usual vitamin D I had from the island. So yeah, kind of was on my supplement of that, kind of trying to be more relaxed. And again, I fell in love. I mean, I, I was already into the gym life, but um, I was trying to really get away with like getting a proper routine. Now, again, another factor was that I was also not in the best uh, relationship with like food and um, and as well with fitness. But again, this will be for another episode because otherwise this episode will be more than an hour, all right? And we don't want that. <laughs> so we'll keep it sweet and short. But I promise you guys, I'll talk about that because they are very interesting topic where I really want to dig, uh, like talk more about it. But I think I need to give you this background of London before I move to the other topics. Either way, so... Between the toxic relationship with my ex, toxic relationship with food, kind of understanding who Mia is, who Lamia is, there was a lot going on. Even so, guys, so when you do a master, everyone knows you've got a thesis to do. You usually have six months to write a thesis. But the topic I wanted to talk about was always rejected by my um, supervisor. And I was stubborn. I was like, no, I don't want to be writing about what you think is right. I want to be talking about something that I like. So when I finally got approval, bear in mind, it was one month before submission. I got approval for my subject, like for my topic that I was talking about. It was freaking hectic. I wrote my thesis in two weeks. I literally closed my, I, I was in closed door in my studio, didn't go out, didn't go train, never left the house. I only left the house one day because I needed to buy water and some cereal and coffee. But I was living on cereal, coffee, and that's it. And I was working from like morning to... I, during two weeks, I think the maximum I had was probably two hours sleep. Now, I highly 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 not recommend this i was not finding the word but not recommend this to anyone please guys anybody going through their masters freaking take that thesis to the next level like the moment you enter your your, your masters yeah like already have something in and in, in, like on top of your head so that you don't end up like me writing a thesis in two weeks but even though I write it, uh, wrote it in two weeks, I must give myself credit because I got a merit for my thesis and I missed this distinction from two points, but it's fine. Still, I was happy. So throughout, throughout that whole uni life, there was a lot going on in terms of what I mentioned. Uh, at the same time, I was super, super duper blessed because I met two girls uh, they know who the, who they are. I not I'm not gonna say their name because I do I want to keep it kind of private and confidential. So one of the girls were from Colombia. The other girls was from Finland, and we just bonded. We freaking bonded. It was just instinct. We started the first actual night out we had was for Halloween, like guys. So it was fr freaking simple. 
I said to the girls, I was like, listen, girls, back in Mauritius, we don't celebrate Halloween like you see in the movies. And London seems to be like the place where you, you actually do. So let's get dressed up. Let's get all in and let's just go and party. So we were also on our like week off from uni. And uh, that time, Halloween was falling on a Thursday. So we got dressed up, went out on Thursday, partied until 3 a.m. And then after that, um, we on the Friday, we all woke up, messaged each other. And that, that was actually when everyone was going out. So we said, you know what? Let's go out again. Went out again, same thing, until 3 a.m. And then Saturday we woke up, we were like, ooh, you know what? Let's kind of continue the weekend where we're having great fun. Went out again and had the best time of our life. But after that, Jesus Lord, we had a one month detox because our liver kind of gave up on the amount of alcohol we drank. But it was such a good fun. Like, and it was not just the Halloween. It was all the times we had together. We also, I still remember like when we were in uni, we had like that basement, like that, that, that library down in the basement. We would be staying, staying there, working at like freaking like odd hours because the, the library was open till late. So we would like work there until super duper late. And then we'll go, we'll all go have dinner at some point, grab some food and then go home. But it was just beautiful. Literally, these girls literally brightened my experience in London. They were my sunshine in London. So now we're getting to the juicy part, which was, so once I passed my master's, um, happy days, got my master's, graduation was supposed to be in April. My visa also was supposed to end soon because my visa was supposed to end around the month of May. So I had to find either a job or uh, an internship or something to kind of stay in London because I promised, I remember when I left Mauritius, my mom said to me, Lamia, you're going, this is your journey. I don't want you to come back until you're fully content of your journey. And I was like, yeah, this is not the end of my journey. I still want to continue. I still have a lot to do. And I didn't want to go back. The goal was, I'm not going back home. I'm not going to, I did all this effort, all this hard work, not to go back home. I really want to pursue my dreams, what I wanted to do. And uh, which was basically, I wanted to work as a paralegal, either in a business law firm or any law firm. Um, and then because I didn't have the uh, my undergrad, uh, like a law undergrad, I had to do the LPC to basically then be able to be a solicitor and then move to further studies to reach the bar. So that was the plan of action. Um, I started to apply for a lot of jobs. As soon as we got the results out, started to apply everywhere. And again, when you are on a Mauritian passport, you cannot just apply to any company and expect to get a job. There are certain companies which are registered with the government of the UK. Literally, if you go on uh, .gov.uk or something like this, I, I, this website, Jesus Lord, the amount of time I went on there. Anyway, if you go on that website, I think the it's tier one or tier two. 
But basically, when you go on that website, you will click uh, like work visa and there's a list of companies that would be that you would be able to work for. And you ha- you were only restricted to that list. Any other companies, you couldn't do it because they were not registered with the comp- uh, with the government. Uh, that is because basically it's like the company sponsors you and they pay the government to have you working with them, which was super duper complicated. Like my anxiety level was just over the roof. So my mom also was supposed to come to... So she came to London in March, uh, end of Feb, March, because it was her birthday and then... We were supposed to also travel a little bit while I was also applying for jobs um, and then kind of spend some time together. But then, guess what happened? Super duper COVID came along and they said, knock, knock, here I am. Anyway, COVID happened. Literally, the week uh, after my mom came, COVID happened, lockdown. It was panic. Like, it was freaking panic everywhere, guys. Like, literally, I was like, like, what is going on? The whole world just stopped. We were not allowed to go out. We had to put gloves on. Um, And I had to be super careful as well because my mom also was like, I couldn't, like, I was the one who was going out to do the groceries. So I had to be very careful that my mom doesn't catch it if ever I was out, like, It was a whole different level. Now, when my mom came, she saw a different me. As long as she was proud of the woman I became that in the fact that I was very independent with like myself, with everything, but I was dull. I was super dull. I was very pessimistic. I was always um, complaining about everything. Um, I was very, I was in the dark space. And that was due because I was going through kind of a depression uh, as lockdown happened. was still getting over my toxic ex. I couldn't train anymore because the gym was closed and that was my only peace, I would say. Um, couldn't meet my friends. Uh, my ho- like It was slowing down all the job applications. It was not even slowing down. At that point, I didn't even know what it meant. Because we were like, what is going to happen? Like, we didn't know nothing what was going to happen. I was just like, okay, I applied for jobs. Should I keep applying for jobs? Am I going to hear from these jobs? And it was just a complete, like, question mark on everything. Turned out that during this COVID time, my mom and I were locked in my studio, guys, for six months. We were stuck for six months. Can you imagine? Six freaking months. Anyway, stuck in code there. My mom helped me a lot. She um, kind of talked me out a lot. She didn't, trust me, she didn't go, like, she didn't go with a soft hand on me. She was literally telling me off. She was like, you were not the, the same girl that I know. My daughter, she's always jolly and happy. Like, what happened to you? And because there was a lot of things that happened with my ex, I didn't want to tell her this. She just thought that, my my ex, my Irish ex, as I call him, because he was the guy I met in London. Um, he he did a lot of bad things, and I couldn't. I would I would never tell my mom exactly what happened, even though it's gonna be out on this podcast. So maybe now she would know. Um, 
But yeah, it was very hard. And then she it was she was kind of my therapist during this whole time. Um, and I slowly, slowly started to build myself up again. I slowly started to be okay again and understand that there are certain things that I cannot control. And the things that I can control is the only thing I should think about. And I should not let other outside factors affect my peace of mind or my happiness or my confidence because all of this was affected. And right after lockdown was removed, my mom finally managed to get a repatriation flight to uh, Mauritius. Um, and before she left, she organized a photo shoot for me as a birthday gift with my friend. And um, that photo shoot was she wanted me to enjoy myself and believe in myself. It was a way for her to tell me, you've got to believe in yourself because you're strong, you're beautiful, you're, you're, you've, you've achieved so much. And it's kind of a way to mark the, mark the achievement, if you want. And basically, this picture that you see as my podcast cover was taken during that photo shoot, but it was not a picture that I was posing for. The photographer made a joke or he was talking about something and I laughed. I was, I was just, it was a natural laugh and he took a picture of that. So when we were going through the pictures, I looked at that picture and I was like, yeah, that is me. This girl, that's me. That girl laughing, that is the real me. And whenever I look at this picture, I remind myself of all that I've achieved and of how like how I was happy there and how I should always be happy because I don't want anyone or anything to kill that smile, kill that happiness I felt at that moment. So as I have it as my podcast cover, but I also have it part of my wallpaper on my phone. It's my kind of a reminder. So yeah, that's kind of a bit of a story of my, of my podcast cover. <laughs> so then afterwards, um, after that, there was a lot of lockdown and then unlockdown and then lockdown and lockdown. And I was still not sure. So during that time as well, I, I, so finally, so basically what happened during this six months where we were stuck with my mom, my visa was also over. So I had to quickly apply for something. So I decided to apply for a tier five, which was an internship, like you can get an internship related to what you've studied and I applied and I got a job with an engineering company where I was doing contract um, administrator there which was working from home most of the time and to be honest it was not the the exact like work experience that you would all wish for but it was it was a great experience even though I was working from home but this whole time during COVID just before like in between doing that kind of therapy with my mom and then applying for that tier five and kind of understanding what, what's going to be the next step. It was very hectic. But then with the tier five, the problem with this visa is that you cannot renew that visa. You have to leave the country and then reapply for any other sort of visa that you wanted to once you're out of, once you're out of London. So I had few options left. I was like, should I go back to Mauritius, apply for a, a postgraduate? But then at the same time, I was like, I need to start working. 
and I was still not getting jobs. So, and I still didn't want to go home. So I started to apply to Australia, Canada, because I have cousins in both countries and nothing happened. Literally no answer. I was, I was like, so pissed. I was like, what is going on? Like, why is the world so against me? And then I saw a recruitment company for Dubai. I was like, okay, potentially let's do Dubai. Applied there and then they, it, was a, it, it was a recruitment company and they were recruiting for real estate agent. I had no clue about real estate, to be honest, guys. Honestly speaking, I didn't even know like if that was even... Like I knew about it, but like I didn't even know much about it. So then I started to do my research about real estate and apply with this recruitment company. Quickly, they got me uh, an interview with the company that I am today. And my manager at that time, I had a very good connection with him on the first interview and I just loved it. And I, I said to the recruitment guys that, listen, I don't want to do any other interviews. I just want to wait for the second interview for this company and then see if they take me or not, because I really like the company so far. Then had my second interview with our HR at that time. And right after it, I got my offer letter and that was it. I was moving to Dubai. Now, moving to Dubai was kind of, uh, I didn't have a choice, guys, like literally. And then from, the, like, I had literally one month to pack up my whole life that I had, uh, that I had in my little studio and move to Dubai. And I didn't know a studio could hold so many space, like the amount of stuff I had. It took me one month to pack my whole studio up, like four, five big suitcases of clothes and items I had to give away to people and to like to thrift, uh, thrift, 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 okay, thrift shop. You got what I meant. But yeah, I donated a lot of my stuff. Um, and I still have my stuff back in London, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, which potentially I need to go pick up one day. Um, but yeah, it was heartbreaking. Like during that whole month, there was not a day where I was not crying because it was basically packing up my life, what I've built. And it was heartbreaking. And on, on the day that I left, I took a video and I still have that video. I took a video of my studio, of the streets. And I still look at it sometimes. Before, when I came to Dubai, when I first moved to Dubai, I could not watch the videos, but I still watch it sometimes because this place, this studio, this was something that built me. Like I became resilient. I became strong. Um, I I also discovered who was the real me. And the real me was not the girl who was between both islands. The real me is who I am now. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. I learned to love being by myself. I learned to love the people around me and also be careful about certain people around me, to follow my gut instinct. A lot of things I learned being in that place. And honestly, um, it makes me very emotional whenever I think about it. Before, I couldn't even talk about it. And today I speak about it. And I, yes, I am emotional, but it's only good memories, to be honest. And yeah, then I took the plane. 
on the 30th of May 2021, uh, said goodbye to London. And I said, I promised myself that this was temporary, that I was only going to Dubai for three months and I would come back. That's the only thing that kind of put me at peace, that I was going to come back and I would get back to my life. I would get back to everything that I left. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just a little bit hard sometimes to talk about that. But yeah, I promised myself I would come back. So uh, I arrived, landed in Dubai at 5 a.m. on the 31st of May 2021. Because <laughs> I freaking hated Dubai. Put my foot down and I was like, where the heck I am? Like, what is going on? And again, Dubai and London was a different process because before arriving to London, I had my house, like my studio sorted. I had my visa sorted, my health insurance sorted, uh, everything sorted. The only thing I had to do when I was there was my bank account. That's it. But here in Dubai, it's completely different. So you come, you enter the country, you show them the offer letter. Um, you can't rent an apartment because you don't have an Emirates ID. So I was living in a hotel apartment, which was close to my workplace. And then when you start working, they start your visa process. And that can take a long time. Um, then that's where you do your, your blood test and uh, you do your biometrics and all of that to get your visa. So within like that almost two month ish, uh, I was super unstable. Couldn't even open a bank account because you need an, everything you do in Dubai, you need an Emirates ID, which clearly I didn't have. There was not one day where I was positive about Dubai. I was like, I freaking hate this place. Even though. I'm not going to lie, like real estate, like I was smashing it as I was, I started, I worked uh, as a leasing agent, uh, specialized on the palm and I was really smashing it. It was hard, uh, complete. It, this also helped me a lot to build m uh, my personality even more. Uh, and, um, but like work-wise, I was fine. I was good. Even though, yes, real estate is a commission only job which like basically you really need to work for it you if you want to be successful you've got to put the work in like anything in life but truly and it's not like a normal nine to five job where you can literally switch off after five no once you're in like in work like once you sign up for this bear in mind you'll be doing this 24 hours seven days a day and um yeah, it was tough, but it, I was I was doing good. I was doing pretty good. Um, but I just hated Dubai. And then in August, I got, towards the end of August, I got a very bad COVID. So I was like, oh, shit. So my plan is not really working. I'm supposed to leave uh, Dubai in September to go back to London. But I was still not getting any job. I was applying all this time. I was applying for job. Every day I would call my mom, freaking cry to her mom, I want to go back to London. I hate it. I, I don't like this life. Everything is superficial. And again, I couldn't get around a lot in Dubai because I was not driving. Guys, in Dubai, you cannot walk around like in London. So my whole life was just changed again from a girl that was using the tube, walking, independent, 
loving life. Temperature was cold, but it was still freaking fine. Uh, I was a, a citizen of the UK to someone who's basically an expat, unknown, still didn't have Emirates ID, was living in a hotel apartment, relying on taxis, um, no bank account, nothing, just on a waiting kind of vibe. Then got COVID. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, let's extend it a little bit more, trying to still apply for jobs. Still didn't happen. And then when I got a call from my hotel apartment, because I was paying on a monthly basis. Now, by that time, I already had my Emirates ID, already opened my bank account. But then I was also, so everything happened in the month of November. So in November, got a call from my hotel apartment, whereby they said that the month of December, I was going to pay like 14,000 dirhams for the month only because it was peak season. And I was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. And then at the same time, I applied for my bank account. At the same time, I was doing my driving license because here in Dubai, again, certain passports, you can just convert your driving license. And despite being a holder of an international driving license, I still had to do the whole driving license experience, which was basically applying for like doing theory tests and then going for like lessons and, and certain numbers of hours that you need to do and then do your exams and then get your driving license. So during this whole time, also was a mission to find an apartment. Like guys, this apartment where I'm living right now, I didn't even view it. I just, I knew the building because I was supposed to, to sign for tenancy in, in, in another room from the same building, but the stupid agent just didn't do his job properly. Where guys, you'll come across a lot of stupid agent in Dubai. So you gotta be very careful. Um, so yeah came across a very stupid agent um, and I was I was like lost. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I already gave notice to my hotel that I'm going to be leaving and I have almost a week left. And I need to find a new place. So looked, went on Property Finder, found an apartment in the same building because I knew the building and I was happy with it. Um, told her, send me a 360 of the, of the apartment. Send me pictures. Is it in good condition? Yes, yes, yes okay, I'm ready. I'm coming tomorrow. I'm dropping all the checks because yes, here you need to, to give checks to rent your apartment. Guys, by the way, if you want me to talk a bit more about how to settle in Dubai, let me know. I can do another podcast for that. Anyway, going back to my story, got my apartment, saw the apartment the day I moved in here. Uh, again, it was a, <laughs> it was another freaking journey. Like, oh my God, then, I, but the good thing is that finally I was able to unpack my stuff. Also got my driving license, rented my car. The temperature in Dubai was getting finally better because when I arrived, hmm, let me tell you, I was in peak summer. Yes, I'm an island girl. I hear you all saying, you're an island girl. You must be used to the heat, but the heat is nothing compared to the heat here. It's like here you're basically in an oven during summertime. It's disgusting. And the humidity on top of it is just like, and it's basically like dead because you can't do anything and you have to stay indoor. Like during summer, when I used to live in Business Bay, which was close to my office at that time, 
the way I would get like get myself busy over the weekend, let's say if I had nothing to do, I would go to Dubai more, walk around the mall to get my steps in and kind of find a way because I was training in my hotel gym, which was pretty shit, but it was still doing the job and I still needed to get my steps in. So I would walk in the mall. Now I think I know Dubai more by heart, potentially by heart. Anyway, um, but then November happened, moved to JVC, uh, found my apartment, settled in, got my car. Everything was just falling into places. Like I was like, yes, house, house sorted, car sorted, work. We moved to Palm Jumeirah. Our office moved there, sorted. I was close to it. Um, now it was hunt of a gym, found a freaking massive gym, which I fell in love with. And this is where my life changed, guys. And then I was like, I joined the gym, found a community that I freaking love. I found amazing, duper, brilliant people. Like, guys, like, I'm blessed. That's one of the beauty of Dubai that I found out afterwards, that Dubai is full of expats. And honestly speaking, you meet so many beautiful people. Obviously, you also have to be careful because not everyone is a beautiful people, all right? But I got lucky, touch wood, and I'm blessed because the people I have around me are the best people I can dream about. They are so important. Like, I really chose the people that I wanted to be around. It's very important when you live in Dubai that you choose your community right because you can very very rare drift off into the other side of Dubai which is going out spending all your money and Dubai is not cheap guys okay so when you go out you spend a lot of money so you gotta choose what kind of life you want what kind of lifestyle you want and if that lifestyle also goes with I mean not goes but kind of go into the same kind of way that your community have and that's how what I got with my people from the gym honestly speaking we are on the same page. I love everything about these people. They are from like, they all have different backgrounds, all different personalities, but they help me a lot. They help me to see life and different things in different ways. They help me to grow up. They give me so much support. Like, even though, yes, I do miss my family. I do miss my brothers, my sister. I miss my mom, my dad and everybody. But my Dubai family is what keeps me strong. My Dubai family helps me to keep up to this life here in Dubai because people have such a bad image of Dubai, like like a, not a bad image of Dubai, but a superficial image of Dubai rather. They think it's bling and glitz and, and the superstar life. But I think I'll talk about that in another podcast. But yeah, that was basically my transition. today. I'm happy. Today, I think for now, for now, Dubai is my home. Will I ever go back to London? I don't know. But is it still in my heart? Yes, I still love this place. Um, it's still something that I, there's something about that place that is still deep in my heart and I would cherish that place forever in my heart. But for now, Dubai is the place where I see myself growing for now where I see myself building all the things that I want to build. So kind of a 
my pros and cons, I would say, with this whole moving in and, and this whole traveling from one place to another. And to be honest, London and Dubai is so freaking different, guys. Like, you have no idea. But I think while I'm now I'm recording this podcast, I realize I have so much to say about Dubai. And I'd rather keep it for another episode and maybe also have someone along with me to talk about this whole Dubai lifestyle because I think it will be way more fun. Um, but yeah, I'll keep that for another episode. So just to quickly, before I end this episode, a quick sum up, I would say the pros of me going to the city life was to be more independent. Like nothing was holding me back. I had nothing like I didn't have to be accountable to nobody. I needed to be accountable to myself. So I needed to know what kind of lifestyle I wanted And I decided that, okay, this is my lifestyle. I want to be that person that is growing. I want to be that person that works on herself, that is healthy. Not because I open Instagram and I see shitloads of uh, be that girl kind of vibe. No, I'm doing this for me, for the future me, to be proud of who I am today. And I think this is very important when you're on your journey. And I'm not saying this is the end of my journey. I'm still going into it. But for me, what is very important is that whatever I'm doing now, the future me will be proud of what I've done and it will be helpful for the future me. So it's just a constant bettering myself. And even though things didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to be, but I'm really happy of how it turns out because I think I'm in a better place that I, that I was before. Second of all, you meet a lot of friends, lot of new connection. You meet people from all around the world. You make new relationship. Um, seg- a third of all, I would say, is the different lifestyle. You learn a little bit more about the cultures, um, about the system. And also, it's kind of a hub, to be fair. Whether it was London and Dubai, I feel like it's a hub of all the nationalities, London, uh, no, not London, sorry, Dubai being much more of a hub where you find people of, of all around the world here. And yeah, I mean, I think that was basically my pros. Um, making memories, I think, guys, like you make so much memories. You, you work on yourself, you grow, you build yourself. Um, the cons, I believe, would be Mainly you feel lonely because, yes, sometimes you can feel lonely. You can be a bit sad and it's not easy, guys. When you leave everything behind and you're by yourself, it's not always easy. But that would be one of the con. My second con would be the whole freaking visa situation process, mainly when you're a holder of my kind of passport. Um, Another con. <laughs> it's freaking expensive to live in Dubai. <laughs> But yeah, I think I will end up today's episode. I think I, that would sum up my transition from the island girl to the city girl. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week's episode is actually going to be a fun one, a really exciting one. Um, but I'm not going to say anything for now. I'm going to let you guys wait. Next week, you will see. You'll find out. Either way. Thank you again for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to like, to subscribe, to follow. Also, put on your notification on so that you will always be 
uh, notified whenever my episode is published on now Spotify and Apple um, podcast as well. I'm working on it, guys. Soon it will be on YouTube. Just working on it. Bear with me a little bit more. But yeah, you can find me on Spotify and Apple podcast. So on this note, guys, I'm going to love you and leave you. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.